0: Bosana. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we praise you, God. Oh, there's just such a sweet presence of the Lord here. I thank you, Lord, for speaking to us, God. thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord, Hallelujah. Praise God, praise God. Yes, Jesus. What a wonderful, wonderful presence of the Lord. How about we clap our hands and worship Him? Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God, praise God. So thankful for the presence of the Lord. Thank you, Sister Mian, for leading us in worship. And uh, praise God, thank you personally for allowing me to worship tonight. And I might have to do that more often, hallelujah. But what a wonderful presence of God. Just before you're seated, um, just remember that this Sunday is Mother's Day and we're very excited about that. We're going to have a picture booth, and um, I've got a special message for the mothers, and I'm excited. I believe that God is going to move, not just for the mothers, but for uh, all the parents and everybody who is going to be here on Sunday. I believe God's going to do something great. Amen. Amen. Don't forget to do something for your mother. Amen. Praise God. Uh, I'd also like to make mention that it is Sister Mian's birthday today, hallelujah, we celebrated on Sunday, but I'd like to wish her a happy birthday from the pulpit and let her know how much we appreciate her and love her, and uh, it's so difficult, I wish I could give you the world, I know right now that I'm so busy, (laughs) we're doing so many things, but I wish I could do so much for you uh, to. Show you how much we love and celebrate you. But uh, God bless you. You can be seated. As you see, our title tonight and our lesson is going to be on putting down roots. And um, I'm going to be piggybacking off of what I've preached the last couple of weeks about faithfulness. I preached two weeks ago on a Sunday morning about God being faithful to us. How many of you know God is faithful to us? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. He is faithful to us. He will not let us go. Not as long as we will remain in his presence, he will not let us go. Uh, We talked about how we are in his hands. And uh, I tell you, if there's anybody I'd like to be in his hands, it's God, right? Hallelujah. He's got a hold of us. He's got a grip on us. Praise God. And if you think anyone or anything is able to pry those fingers open and pull us out of his hands, I'm sorry, that's just not the case. God bless you all. Wonderful to have you here. Uh, And then, of course, on Sunday, I preached about being faithful. I preached about that being the final descriptor that we will ever inherit before we enter into those those pearls gates. Uh, it is that title of faithful. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Amen. Hallelujah. And, uh, and we're so thankful today, and I, I hope that Sunday was a blessing to you. But I did talk on Sunday about how I was going to add on to that thought, that, uh, uh, that mindset of being faithful And uh, so we know that God is faithful to us, He is holding us in place, and we know that we must be faithful to Him, and we must be determined to make it to the end. However, tonight really we're going to talk about how to get there, right? Because, uh, you know, of course we can be excited and say, I want to make it to the end, I want to be faithful and all that. And we should have that desire, but how do we actually do it? We talked a little bit about that on Sunday. I'd like to add to it. Basically, when it all comes down to it, we must put down some roots. And this is one of the issues that I see over and over again when it comes to people wanting to get a hold of God, wanting to turn their lives around is they act upon their relationship with God like they do in much of the other things in their life. It is a momentary, spur-of-the-moment thing. They feel a sudden urgency to maybe repent, to come to church, but that urgency wears off, right? Is there, You're not going to always have that feeling of, I've got to get things right, and I've got to do this, got to do that. Uh, You're not going to always have that. When uh, on the day of Pentecost, Peter was preaching, the Bible says they were pricked in their hearts and said, men and brethren, what shall we do? Now that's a great thing. God does that. God allows conviction to come upon us. Conviction to to move us so that we'd be willing to say, I got to take a step here. I got to do something different with my life, right? That's how conviction works. That's how the Spirit of God does it. The Bible says that God, through His grace, is drawing us through His grace. So His grace is drawing us. But once we make that decision, once we act upon that conviction or don't act upon that conviction, it is much like a flame that quickly goes out. And unless we decide to allow that emotional or immediate response to turn into a lifestyle, then it will not continue past the moment. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. So again, unless we allow that, mo- that, that fire, that momentary conviction to move past the moment it will not become a lifestyle. Thank God for fires, but I want a fire that will never go out. Amen. I thank God for passion, but I want a passion that will never go out. Uh, therefore, we can't just say, well, I just want to get God now and, and we'll see about tomorrow. we got to determine in our hearts that tomorrow I'm going to have a fire and a passion for God like I did today. And that's not easy. It requires us to do more than just live off of the moment. Hallelujah. Just like with any life, anything you want to do in this life, it requires forethought, practice, intention, being intentional, uh, like somebody who is desiring to eat right to lose weight, it doesn't come accidentally, right? <laughs> um, unless you get sick or something like that, <laughs> then then maybe. But it comes intentionally. You have to determine a pre-planned uh, uh, system to go on a diet or to exercise more or something like that. It rarely happens accidentally or by chance. It requires us to be intentional. So is it with our walk with God. We must be intentional to live for God, right? Hallelujah. Yes, it is God drawing us. Yes, it is God speaking to us. Yes, it is God convicting us. But after that moment, it is required then that we turn around and we do it. God showed me a long time ago this idea of him writing the Ten Commandments in stone, right? He wrote with the finger, his own finger, the Ten Commandments in stone. And you may remember as Moses was walking down the mountain with those Ten Commandments, he heard the crowd as they were worshiping the golden calf. He, out of anger, took those stones and he threw it down and broke them on the ground as a symbol, a symbol that the children of Israel had broken the Ten Commandments. And there's some debate as to whether or not the second, because God gave them a second Ten Commandments. But the way that it's worded, it, it's unsure. Did God write the Second Commandments or did He require Moses to write the Second commandment, Or the, the second tablets of stones with the Ten Commandments? It seems to me that God requires, once he shows us something, moves in our hearts, that we must intentionally reproduce that thing or continue to let it go on. So today we're talking about putting down roots and and right away I'd like to settle this point. Jeremiah chapter 17 and verse 7, it says, blessed is the man. Everybody say blessed. Blessed. Highly favored. As we say at Dunkin' Donuts, highly flavored. Hallelujah. Uh, highly favored. He is blessed by God. He is going to walk in the blessings and prosperity of the Lord. That doesn't mean that everything is going to be perfect or everything's going to be peachy, but it does mean that God will be with him through it all. Amen. Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord. Now this is the first key of putting down roots. That's trusting in the Lord. And putting our hope in the Lord. Hallelujah. And he continues. Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord. And whose hope is the Lord. For he shall be as a tree planted By the waters. Oh, praise God. I want to be a tree planted by the waters. And that spreadeth out her roots by the river and shall not see when the heat cometh, but her leaf shall be green and shall not be careful in the year of drought, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. So there's a lot to unpack here, but let's go through this line by line. First it says, For he shall be as a tree planted by the waters. Uh, I'd like to be clear here. Though it does not say who is doing the planting, we know who does the planting. Hallelujah. It is not us. It is the Lord Jesus Christ. For without Him planting us into the kingdom of God, we've got no shot of making it. But I am thankful to say the Lord is planting us in the kingdom of God. Amen. Isaiah chapter 60 verse 21 says, Thy people also shall be all righteous. They shall inherit the land forever. The branch of my planting the work of my hands that I may be glorified. Hallelujah. And, and though, again, we're going to talk about roots in a moment, but hear me today, God is planting us. If you came into the house of God, God brought you here. It's because God was desiring to plant you. This isn't to say anything about any other church or anything like that. But in this moment in time, you can become, that God said, I want to plant you someplace. I want to put your feet down into the soil. I don't want you to be flimsy. I don't want you to be here and there. I want you to be planted in your walk with me, in your salvation, in your devotion, in all that you do. I want you to be planted, praise God. How many of you are thankful that the Lord has planted us? Hallelujah. And it says he shall be planted. By the waters. This reminds me, and we keep bringing up Psalms 23. Psalms 23 is an amazing passage of scripture when we talk about being faithful or making it to the end. Psalms 23 and 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures, He leadeth me beside the still waters waters when he says for he shall be as a tree planted by the waters if we will allow him to he will plant us in a place that will nourish us and bless us and encourage us and help us hallelujah I'm thankful for the planting of the Lord I'm thankful hallelujah that he's put me in a place that I can grow amen he didn't put you in a place that's dry and barren he didn't put you in a place that you're never going to make it or go anywhere or do anything hallelujah and this isn't to glorify the church at all hallelujah i'm not even talking just about the church that you're being planted in but i'm talking about your walk with god in general this walk is a fruitful walk amen a relationship with god is so beneficial I can tell you truthfully, when I have a walk with God, when I pray, when I study, read the Bible, it improves every aspect of my life. When I am truly planted where He desires me to be planted, then it's like my whole life sprouts and grows and is blessed. Every aspect of my life. That doesn't mean, again, that everything is good, but my perspective of everything changes. My attitude is changed. The way that I feel about things is changed. My hope is transformed when I'm planted. Praise God. And certainly that's because when I'm planted, I grow the fruits of the Spirit. The fruits of the Spirit, which is our, uh, affects our attitude and our perspective. He gives us joy when we shouldn't have joy. Peace when we shouldn't have peace. Temperance when we've done had no self-control that temperance means self-control self-control when previously we gave ourselves to every whim hallelujah praise the Lord that's when we're planted that's what the Lord does to us he plants us he leads us by the still waters he plants us like a tree planted by the waters praise the Lord are you in that flow today Can you feel the nourishment, hallelujah, of the Spirit of God? Can you feel how the Lord is moving you and helping you and growing you? That's because He has planted us. But just because we've been planted by the waters and we can guarantee growth if we will remain planting, it doesn't mean that we will be sustained in that position. See, because He plants us. But it is required as the tree or the, the seed that it grow not just upward, but grow downward. Hallelujah, for it says, He shall be as a tree planted by the waters and spreadeth out her roots by the river. Hallelujah. I must decide. He plants me, but I must decide to put down roots where He has planted me. He may plant us, but we must sprout roots. This must be done intentionally. You've got to decide in your heart that where the Lord has put me, I am going to stick i'm going to stay and i'm going to see where the lord will take me from here hallelujah where you are getting nourished you need to put down roots where you are receiving blessings you need to put down roots where god is healing you you need to put down roots And hear me, that doesn't mean that it's always immediate. It doesn't mean that you're always immediately going to see the results. But if you know that this is where God has put you, Hallelujah, I encourage you, brothers and sisters, put down roots and determine, I'm going all in where the Lord has planted me. Amen. Praise God. So the wise man recognizes the wise man writing in Proverbs these, these uh, uh, statements of wisdom. He recognizes the endurance of a righteous believer that puts down roots. Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 2. A man shall not be established by wickedness, but the root of the righteous shall not be moved. Hall- oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel the presence of the Lord. (laughs) Praise God. Again, this isn't to say that we are righteous, but where God has shown us to be planted and God has planted us if we can put down our feet and settle ourselves into that get comfortable where God has planted us we have this confidence we shall not be moved I will not be taken out of the church I will not be uh, taken out of the presence of God His uh, salvation will not be removed from my life I shall not come on somebody say I will not be be moved. I will not be moved. Not if I got roots. I will not be moved. If I've got roots, I'm here to stay. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Some of you've got to change it. You've got to change the, the course that your family is on. Not your immediate family, but your family as a whole. Maybe your mother and father. Maybe your uncles and and, and aunts. Uh, Hallelujah, grandmother and grandfather a path that they took that you can recognize is not what you want to do. You want to raise your children to know the Lord. You want to raise your children to be people of faith. Listen, the way you're going to do it is putting down roots and showing them this is worth it. Even though it's not pleasurable for the moment, it's worth it. Praise God. Hallelujah. Uh, I, I've t- and, you know, maybe I'm, I'm getting a little bit into my sermon on Sunday, but I can't tell you how many times my children have said things like, oh, we got to go to church. And I don't, I don't bash them or, you know, say, absolutely you do, you heathen. <laughs> I don't say anything like that. I tell them, yes, we're going to church because it's important to go to church. And I'm really thankful that you get to come and do that with me. And if they say, well, do we have to pray? I'll tell them, I, I will not force you to pray. But I would really like for you to pray because I believe prayer is important. Hallelujah, we don't have to force them. You just show them. Hallelujah, isn't that what it was for you? You, you couldn't be forced into this thing. Hallelujah. You just had to learn how good it was by seeing other people doing it or or getting your feet wet and realizing how blessed it was. That's all you've got to do is just show them the blessings of prayer and they'll pray. The blessings of going to church and they'll want to go to church. The blessings of reading the Bible and they'll want to read the Bible. Show them how to put down roots. Hallelujah. If you will do that, you will not be moved. Oh, and I'm here to prophesy to somebody. God's wanting to transform your genealogy and change it to where from this point on you will invest in generations to come that will remain in the house of God and will have relationships with Christ because you decided to put down roots. Oh, praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah, because I can guarantee you there's some, maybe even in this house today, who could say they regret not putting down those roots when they, when they had a chance. Hallelujah, I don't want to go to the end of life and say, well, I made it, but my children didn't, or those beyond me. Hallelujah. When we talk about putting down roots, we're talking about it for ourselves, but also for those that come. This isn't in any of my notes. This is just God working today. Hallelujah. But I believe that and I feel that in the presence of God. He's saying, if you will put down roots, then you'll see I'll plant not just you, but your children and the generations to follow. Can we one more time clap our hands and rejoice in the Lord? Thank you, Jesus. For the Scripture says, He shall be as a tree planted by the waters, and that spreadeth out her roots by the river, and shall not see when heat cometh, but her leaf shall be green. Now this isn't implying that He is the tree. It doesn't notice the heat. When it says, shall not see, it's not implying that they are blind to the heat or the drought, but rather he ignores it and it does not affect him. Listen, when you truly are planted, then you're still going to go through stuff. You're going to go through hardships. You're going to go through the seasons of life. But those seasons will not affect you. Oh, praise God. Not when you put down roots. You won't need to fear what that next season will bring. And and we've all done it. We've all gone through those seasons. You know the seasons of plenty in the presence of God where every time you pray, the Lord instantly touches you. You feel like you have an open communication, an open line to heaven. And then those seasons where you go to pray and you feel like it is as dry as a was it dry as a doornail or something like that they say dead as a doornail there we go but it's so dry it's like a desert your prayers are bouncing off the ceiling and smacking you in the face and you feel like you're getting absolutely nowhere come on anybody else been through those seasons of life hallelujah where you just feel like it's nothing's going on. But when you're rooted, those seasons do not affect you because you say, I know that this is just a season and my trust is not in the tingle or the the, uh, refreshing, that feeling I get. My roots are planted in my relationship with God and my belief and my trust in the Lord. So you're not going to fear the seasons of life. You'll go through each season one by one, the whole time. I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but you will not need to fear because you're, no good, you're going to get through this. That's what happens when you put down roots. My family has gone through many, many seasons. I talked about on Sunday how now in February I will be in church for 20 years now. I can tell you I've gone through many seasons, difficult seasons, seasons of drought where I felt like I had nothing happening. I didn't know what was going on. My wife and I have many times cried on each other's shoulders because of hardships in our lives, hardships in the church, seasons where it was just my wife and I, and that was basically it. We didn't even have children, so we just preached at each other. (laughs) Uh, and difficult times. This last year, I went through probably one of the most difficult seasons that I've ever gone through. Um, and there's many things that contributed to that. But I can say that through it all, yes, it was hard. And yes, there were times where where my faith was shaken. But at the end of the day, I knew I'm going to make it through this because my roots were deep into the ground Uh, Again, this isn't in my notes, but this is something I've thought about the last couple days. God just brought it back to my memory. The higher you go, the deeper your roots need to be. And if you ever want to do something for the Lord, you're going to need deeper roots than just shallow, barely there roots, right? If you want to be sustained long and you need to put down further roots, I have a, a somebody who comes in to my work uh, every day, and uh, I talk to him all the time. He's a skinny guy, very fit, you can see, but you know not real muscular or anything, but um he digs holes for a living, he says, and uh you know and I joke around with him about how difficult the holes are, and you know digging holes i mean that's one of the hardest things that you can you can possibly do and there was a a, a comedian that said, you know. Uh, i even if I uh, did commit a murder, there's no way I could cover it up. I couldn't dig a hole deep enough, you know, to <laughs> cover it up, praise God. But, um, you know, so it's, it's real difficult to do that. But he talked about how difficult digging holes are, but how even more difficult it is when there's roots and there's trees nearby. He said, because you could have a tree 30 feet away and those roots come all the way there and you're still having to break through them. And they're so strong, you're having to get special equipment to break through. But those are the types of trees that last for years, for generations. Those are the type of trees that stand no matter what hurricane comes through, no matter what tornado flies by, no matter what drought comes in. Those are trees that stay. Their, tree, their leaves, the Bible says, they will not even lose leaves. And they are planted and they put down roots because they're sustained through life's seasons. Their faith is not altered. They do not lose faith. They do not lose belief. It is not harmed or hindered when their trust is truly in the Lord and they put their hope in God. In fact, Jeremiah goes all the way to say, Hallelujah, not only shall they be a tree planted by the waters, not only that they shall be, uh, their roots shall be uh, dug down into the river, but they shall not see the heat cometh her green, but he also says they shall not be careful in the year of drought or in other words they're not gonna fear they're not gonna be hit they're not gonna stop going to church they're not gonna stop praying they're not gonna stop believing They're not going to stop praying for people to be healed. They're not going to stop getting behind the pulpit and preaching. Listen, hallelujah, I've had to preach through the hardest trials and the most difficult seasons. Hallelujah, because he says they're not going to be careful. They're not going to have anxiety. They're going to keep on ministering and preaching and praying and seeking in the midst of drought or hardships. And here's what he says. Neither shall they seek cease from yielding fruit listen when you are planted and you put down roots even in the most difficult seasons you're going to bear fruit hallelujah that's a promise from the lord if we will determine in our hearts to be planted and rooted we're going to bear fruit hallelujah it means i'm not going to sit idly by in fear that something's going to harm me or hurt me, something's going to pull me out of the church, even when I mess up, I keep on moving. And I keep on believing. Hallelujah. I'm not saying that we continue in sin, but I'm saying that when we fail, we recognize He is merciful and gracious and He is faithful to us. So much so that He will hear us when we confess our sins. Uh, when we admit to our wrongdoings and we turn it around and keep moving forward. So when He says He shall be careful for nothing. He, he, he's not going to let anything hinder that, that ministry or that walk with God. Not, he, and, and you're not going to have to sit around and be afraid of it. Well, I can't, you know, I can't go to this place because I might fall. Now I'm not saying don't use wisdom, certainly exercise wisdom, but also exercise confidence that you've been planted and you've been rooted. Nothing shall harm you, praise God. Because when you're planted and rooted, you're going to bear fruit. Proverbs 12 and 12, we already read Proverbs 12 and 3, which says a man shall not be established by wickedness, but the root of... Of the righteous shall not be moved. But Proverbs 12:12 12, 12 says, The wicked desireth the, desireth the net of evil men, but the root of the righteous yieldeth fruit. You can't help it. When you put down roots, you're going to bear fruit. Hallelujah. But if you don't have roots, I've seen people who are amazing soul winners, and they bring people to church, yet they can't come. They come once every, you know, couple months. How do you expect that you're going to bear fruit if you don't come? How do you expect that you're going to bear fruit if you're not participating in the ministry and getting involved in the church and in relationships and And investing in those things. How are you going to bear fruit if you don't have roots? Right? Uh, We talk about it in our Discover Purpose membership course that if we want to be used by God, the fact is we're all simply a container. And we all only have so much space in our lives. Right? And if our... Container is full to the brim with work and school and family and all of those things, then we cannot make room for God or ministry. And although those things may be important, we recognize that those things are not as important as our walk with God and ministry. Hallelujah. Family, God comes first, family second, church comes third, right? Hallelujah. But we recognize that there's only so much space. If I want to be used by God, if I want to bear fruit, I'm going to have to empty myself out a little bit so that I can make more room for God, more room for church, more room for ministry, because I don't want to just sit idly by. I don't want to be careful for the seasons of life. I want to keep moving forward. I want to bear fruit. Anybody else want to bear fruit today? Amen. Hallelujah. You want to see God do something great in your life? 2 Kings. 2 Kings chapter 19 verse 30. And the remnant that is escaped of the house of Judah shall yet again take root downward and bear fruit upward. Hallelujah. There's so many people in our world. All to do is bear fruit upward and yet they're not willing to do the work it takes to plant roots downward hallelujah and i know you know i i believe in giving people opportunity you guys see that around here we've got you know uh was a 10 year old playing the drums on sunday morning we believe in giving people opportunities but i also believe that it's important Before we try to exalt ourselves upward and do all this stuff, let's make sure we've got root systems that can hold us. I had already said it the higher you go, the deeper you need roots. I've got friends, I've got leaders who were in my life that did not make it. I know a man, he had a profound effect on my life. I spent one or 10 days with him on a missions trip. There's a lot that I say behind the pulpit and in personal conversation that he said to me that had such an effect on my life. I still remember it almost 20 years later. Yet today, uh, I believe he's in prison because he fell away from God. He started getting caught up in so many crazy things. Started be, I mean, he went so far as started dealing drugs and stuff like that. And then he, got, he fell into prison. I mean, he was such a, an impact on, on young Aaron that I still remember a lot of those words that he said. If you ever heard me say, there's a thief on both sides of the cross, that's something he taught me. That was a principle he taught me. Um, you know, so uh, what I'm saying is, is God was, he was going upwards, 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 yet it was obvious his roots were not, buried deep we must put down roots there is the parable of the seed being planted in the soil Jesus said this parable and it's in three of the four Gospels uh, the, I believe I have a graphic up there Let's see there we go the the sower went to sow seed First he sowed seed, but it fell by the wayside. Meaning there was no open heart to receive the seed. We gotta have an open. It's that God should be planted or to plant us, we gotta have an open heart. If we come to church and we're just so stout-hearted, we're strong, and we say, Well, I don't believe that, I'm not gonna do that. Well, maybe then you know we we do that. If we don't have an open heart to what God wants to do for us, God speaks, he's never going to be able to plant that soil or to plant the Word into the soil. We've got to have an open heart, a seed that can open, be, fall into a soil that is, is open and ready to receive it. So the seed fell by the wayside, and when there is no openness, the wicked ones come in and eat up the seed. The second part of the parable is the seed fell into the soil. It was planted. The soil had, was a stony place. There wasn't much depth the Bible says and, and the parable says. And so when it sprouted upwards the sun attacked it and it withered away because there was no depth to it. The third that germinated, put down roots, began to grow upwards, yet it was choked because there were other things that grew with it and it choked out the seed. Things like temptation, things like sin, addiction, greed These are things that we planted with our relationship with God and they very well may end up choking the seed. That it will not survive then finally the fourth soil it was the good soil that received the seed allowed that seed to sprout roots and it grew to bear good fruit and not thorns or anything that could harm it so obviously this parable is about the seed which is the Word of God and it's also about the soil, which is our hearts. We all have just as much of a chance to receive the seed. And let me tell you, the power is not in the soil. It's in seed, praise God. So if you say, well, you know, this person, because they've got that. Listen, again, we're going to talk about planning and putting But at the end of the day, it's the seed that is powerful. It's the seed that changes life. If all you do is grab a hold of the word and listen to the word of God and obey the word of God and change your life to match the word, I'm telling you, there's nothing that can destroy you because the power is in the seed. Amen. So if the power is in the seed, what is the significance of the soil? The soil determines the success of the seed. Really what we're talking about here is just giving God the opportunity to do what he does. That's what we're talking about when we're saying putting down roots. We're saying give God the to do what he does. Matthew 13 and 20, this shows the second seed or the second soil, Matthew 13, 20, but he that received the seed into stony places the same is he that heareth the word, and anon with joy receiveth it. I don't know about you, but when I heard that word, and I decided to, to follow God, I received it with joy, right? Hallelujah. And, and we're not saying today that you haven't done that. You can receive the seed with joy, but that doesn't mean that you're going to make it, right? Right? So, yes, let's receive the word with joy. Um, And this isn't to say that there wasn't an authenticity in the moment. That you didn't really want to change your life. You may have fully had complete thought and and everything in you said, I want to change and I want to do things differently. Just because you enter that and that occurs and you are happy and you have joy about it doesn't mean that it's going to last. Because verse 21, it tells us this. Even though they received it with joy, yet hath he not root in himself. But dureth for a while. Everybody say a while. a while. What horrible words. Made it for a while. Anybody, can anybody say that? You're the man, you know, I made it for a while. Maybe you messed up again. You fell out again. He made it for a while. For when tribulation and persecution ariseth because of the word, by and by he is offended. And in other words, he's saying when hardships come, when tribulations come, when persecutions come, when it stops being easy to go to church, it stops being easy to pray, it stops being easy to read the Word of God, then it lasted for a while, but by and by, offense comes, and they slowly begin to walk away. You know, it becomes easier and easier not go- to go to church not to pray, not to read the Bible because of these things that are pulling us out. Here's what the Bible says about tribulation and persecution. Acts 14, confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith. Everybody say, continue in the faith. That we must through much... Tribulation into the kingdom of God. Hear me, brothers and sisters. It is tribulation and persecution that will present us to the kingdom of God. We cannot reach the kingdom of God unless we first go through the hardships of this life. This is what confirms the souls of the disciples. Everybody say, I want to be confirmed. I want to be confirmed. This is what confirms your walk with God. This is what confirms your relationship with Christ. This is what does it right here. You make it through the tribulation. You make ships. But if you can do that, hallelujah, then you will enter into the kingdom of... Come on, I'm going to clap for myself if you don't clap for me. Praise God. If you will make it through the tribulation and the persecution, you will enter into the kingdom of God. That's the pathway. You can't make it to the kingdom of God unless you make it through this life. Everybody say, I got to make it through. I got to make it through. Hallelujah. If you want to know how to have, you want to know if you have an authentic walk with God, if you want your walk with God to be confirmed, then just wait until the sun comes out. That's what happened to the seed. It didn't have roots downward. It sprouted upwards. And the sun was so hot, the pressure from the sun, the heat from the sun, the tribulation, the persecution was so great that the seed withered away. It's at that moment you'll realize if you've got a true, authentic walk with God or not. Can you make it through it? Here's how the New Living Translation gives that passage of Scripture, gives Matthew 13 21. It says, But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They, they fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word because they don't have roots downward. The tribulation and persecution just revealed the true issue. And that is that they didn't have true root system in their life. Their relationship with God was shallow. Their relationship with the church was shallow. Their heart for ministry was shallow. Hallelujah. I don't want a shallow walk with God. It's really all about what's happening Under the surface. So let me ask you, if you were to take a good hard look in your heart, in your walk with God, what is happening under the surface? What is happening when you're not here, but you're at home? Is there a true authentic desire to live for the Lord, to seek the face of God, to turn your life around are you investing not only in the good side the easy side but also the side of things that take commitment are you investing even when it's not easy what is happening under the surface everybody look to somebody next to you and ask them what's happening under the surface What's happening under the surface? Am I shallow in my walk with God? Or am I putting down deep roots? I'm, I'm almost done. Psalms chapter 1 reflects this idea of putting down the right roots. Everybody say right roots. Hallelujah. Because we can put down roots in things that are not right for our walk with God. Right? Right? <laughs> We can put down roots that are not beneficial. Here's what Psalms says. Psalms 1 and 1, blessed, that's that same word we found in Jeremiah. Blessed is he that trusteth in the Lord. But this time we're seeing the opposite side. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Hallelujah. I'm not going to invest in relationships that are ungodly. I'm not going to seek after guidance that is not biblically based. Wow. Hallelujah. Nor standeth in the way of sinners. I'm not going to partake. I'm not going to congregate. I'm not saying you can't have or be friendly with people who are in the world. Everybody says, well, Jesus sat with sinners. He absolutely did with the intention of saving them and helping them get into the church. I I, I know that I've done this illustration before, but Brother Victor, how about you come up here real quick? Now, I'm not going to hurt him, praise God, but why don't you come sit right here? Let me see your hand. Now, if I was going to pull him up, that might be, might be difficult. You're willing to do that, yeah. see? Unless he's willing to do it, then it's real difficult to pull somebody up. Why don't you pull me down? But if I try to hold, go ahead. <laughs> it's much, much more difficult for me to stay up here when someone's downward. It's easier to be pulled downward than to be pulled upward, That's why he says, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners. I'm not saying shun them, be nasty. I've got people who I'm friendly with and I talk to at work on a daily basis. But when my relationship with God is being affected by it, I need to back away. And when they're having more of an effect on me than I am on them, then I need to recognize what is happening. Because I'll be blessed if I do not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor seateth, sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But look at this. Here's the opposite. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. Now there is an implication here, yes, yes, My delight is in the law of the Lord. I'm going to study and read. But also, he's implying that there are relationships that can help to further this meditation along. There are relationships. There's places I can go where I can sit, where I can walk, where I can stand, right? Those are the three illustrations. That walketh in the, the... uh, counsel of the ungodly, standeth in the way of sinners, sitteth in the seat of the scornful. There's places I can walk, places I can stand, places I can sit, people I can be around that will help to invest in my meditation on the, wa- on the word of God. Hallelujah. So his delight is in the law of the Lord and his law doth he meditate day and night. Look at this, verse 3. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Obviously, Jeremiah is pulling from this passage of Scripture when he uses those words. Or the writer of Psalms, whoever wrote it first, hallelujah. But they're, they're working off of each other, and they're saying, blessed is he that trusteth in the Lord and has good relationships and focus on their walk with God, the word of God. He shall be like a tree planted by the water. So real quick, and I, I briefly mentioned this. I won't spend a lot of time. I think that we've already talked about this a lot, but three areas in which we must sprout healthy roots devotion. I need to have serious devotion in my life. As he says, those who meditate upon the word of God night and day. It's the word of God that's going to make you successful in this or not. Hallelujah. You should not let your whole walk with God be based on another man's sermon. I'm thankful if you listen to my sermons, my teaching. I believe it will bless you. It will benefit you. But you've got to devote yourself to the Word of God for yourself. You've got to read the Word of God. You've got the greatest opportunity. There's been people in all of the history of the world that desired the opportunity to read the Bible. And us, the last couple hundred years, we've been able to read the Bible We've got it right at our fingertips, and yet we often do not read it. Hallelujah. Uh, if you were to live, again, you know, five, 600 years ago, they would have desired, they would have killed to have the Word of God at their fingertips, and we have it. We can meditate on the Word of God night and day. Our relationship with God must be built off a of communication. That means I've got to have a prayer life. I've got to learn to pray and talk to the Lord on a daily basis. Not just in passing, not just on the weekends. Hallelujah, I've got to invest in it. If that means I've got to wake up an extra 15, 20 minutes before going to work, then I need to wake up early. Hallelujah, if that means I need to pray during the whole car ride, then I need to do that. I've had it difficult. Every season of life, I've got to change my devotion habits around. It's been really difficult to sit down with the Word of God and to read it with my work schedule ministry schedule. So what I've been doing is I've been listening to the Word of God. And sometimes that's good. I wouldn't suggest doing only that, but sometimes that's good too. If you absolutely can't read or take that time to read, whatever you've got to do, you've got to consume the Word of God. You've got to have a prayer life. Everybody say Amen. You've got to do it, yeah. and you've got to go to church. I'm telling you, the church may be the number one thing that's going to help you stay in church or stay in your walk with God. Uh, there was a, a sermon. It's called the Fire. sermon. A pastor went to a house of a man who'd not been in church in a while, and he knocked on the door, and the man, oh boy, here we go. So he invited the pastor in, they went and sat down in front of the fireplace, and the fire was going, and the man s- expected the pastor to lecture him about not coming to church, but the pastor just sat there silent. Well, the man thought, okay, i got to break the silence, it was uncomfortable, so he starts going, and pastor, I'm sorry for not going to church. I'm sorry for doing that. I've just been busy with this, but don't worry about it. I've been praying. I've been doing this. I've been doing that, and going on and on and on and on and on. And the pastor just sat there silently. Finally, after about 15 minutes of going on about all of his reasons for not going to church, he gave up and just sat there silently with the pastor. Well, the pastor stood at some point, walked over to the fireplace, took out, just a small ember, and set it aside by itself and went and sat down. Both men sat there as they watched that little ember slowly burn out because it was away from the rest of the fire. And the man said, I'll be to church on Sunday. Hallelujah. (laughs) Praise God. So that's the idea. Uh, yeah, maybe you'll make it without the church, but, man, you've got much better chance of making it if you join together with the church. And I don't mean just go to the building. we we got to stop with that nonsense of, I'm just going to walk in the building and everything's going to be all right. No, build relationships in the church. Get involved in ministry, and that's what we're talking about next, relationships. Look at this, Ephesians two nineteen. Now, therefore, ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints. Everybody say, with the saints. Our walk with God is not us and God. It's, uh, it's God and the saints. Hallelujah. Our walk with God is a combination of us and God and everybody else in the church. We are of the household of God. I'm sorry to tell you, okay, Some people, they don't like this idea. But when you started a walk with God, you were brought into a family. Praise God. Like it or not, you're part of the family. You're part of the household of God. Hallelujah. And it's going to be much better for you and the church and the household of God if we learn to love each other and embrace each other. Praise God, I know it's late, I'm trying to hurry. Verse 20, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Verse 21, in whom all the building framed together groweth unto a holy temple in the Lord. Wouldn't that be amazing? Verse 22, in whom ye also are builded together. Everybody say, builded together. He's talking about the congregation. We are not going to be built alone. We're going to be built together. We're going to gather strength together. We're going to grow together for inhabitation of God through the Spirit. I've got to have strong relationships with the people of the Lord. Let me tell you, if you can find a best friend in the church, you will have a much greater chance of making it. Really, truthfully. You find a best friend that's in the church who's strong in their walk with God. You invest off of that. I remember uh, when I was younger seeing these two gentlemen in church, and I'd go to district conferences and stuff. I remember watching them, and every service, they were praying for one another. It was so radical, too. I mean, they were, like, severely praying for each other and stuff like that. And, And I remember just thinking, like, wow, that's pretty cool and years and years go by, they're still best friends. And they're still strong in the church. And I thought, that's how you do it. Find somebody to connect with and be built together with. Hallelujah. Praise God. Find somebody to be built together with. I talked about it on Sunday. find You'll get a relationship with your pastor and your pastor's wife. Invest in that relationship even if sometimes it might be difficult, maybe you don't have time for this or time for that. Find time. I I, I love uh, what Brother Victor and, and Brother Kavan, they've done uh, now. You know, Sunday mornings, I don't hardly even look Brother Victor's way because I, I'm i so busy, and, and they know that. They understand that. They know I've got other people I've got to talk to and visitors and guests I talk to. But then often, Monday nights, <laughs> we... <laughs> Don't end up praying because we're talking all night. And, you know, so there's other opportunities. Find opportunities where you can build and grow that relationship. Even if it's not that one moment, try to find other times. But invest in your relationship with the pastor and pastor's wife. And then third and final, we've got to invest in the ministry. We've got to invest ourselves in ministry. If you can find purpose in your ministry, in your life, then you will stay. You'll stick. That's a root that you put down in the ground. When we read this earlier, 2 Kings 19.30, they shall take root downward and bear fruit upward. Hallelujah, that needs to be an incentive of ours that if I could put, bear, put down roots, then I will bear fruit. A tree that isn't producing fruit is considered dead or withered. Jesus didn't, did not, didn't bring you into the house of God for you to sit there, but he designed you for a reason and a purpose. I don't know what that is. You'll have to find that. I will help you find it, though. But God's got something for you to do. Hallelujah. I promise you, if you'll do these three things, you'll begin to find devotion, prayer in your life, reading the Bible, you get strong relationships in the church, and you invest in ministry. I mean, praise God. I believe there's preachers here who've yet to preach their first sermon. I don't care if you're a woman or a man. Hallelujah. My wife is excellent preacher. She's one of my favorite preachers. Hallelujah. And she'll be preaching for the next couple weeks while I'm gone on the Israel trip. Um, so... Yes, you, it doesn't matter man or woman, you've absolutely got purpose in the kingdom of God. You can be strong in the faith. You can be a pastor or a leader. Hallelujah. You can do those things. Uh, and, and yes, let's have ambition in this world. Let's want to uh, have bigger jobs, better jobs, and all that. But hallelujah, before all that, let's have a desire to grow in our ministry. And to do something for God. If we could stand right now. Jeremiah 17 and 7. And I know I've gone long. So we won't come down to the altar. But we will take a moment to pray here. We're going to read this again. Blessed. Everybody say blessed. Blessed Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord. Whose hope the Lord is. That word trusteth. It means to trust or to be secure in. I feel secure in the Lord. And when things don't go my way, I'm still trusting in God. And when things do go my way, I'm still trusting in God. That word hope, it means trust, confidence, or refuge. You decide, I want to make Him my refuge. He is my source of strength. He is my help when times are hard. Hallelujah. He is my refuge. Then he shall be as a tree planted by the waters that spreadeth out her roots by the rivers. Shall not see heat cometh when it comes, but her leaves shall be green shall not be careful in the year of doubt, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. Come on. Are you planted today? Are you planted? Have you put down roots? Have you said, God, I'm here and I want to see what you're going to do through me. I want to see what you're going to do through my family. So I decide today, I'm going to trust in you. I'm going to invest in my walk with God. Lord, I devote myself to prayer and reading the Word. I devote myself to the church and and building relationships that are godly. I devote myself to the ministry and and doing what you designed me to do, doing what you built me for and you created me for. Lord, I put my refuge in you. Hallelujah, if we could right now take a moment just to pray. Oh, God, Jesus, we invest in you, Lord as you have invested in us. You've planted it. see here, Lord God. Now I want to put down roots. I don't want to be a casual, shallow Christian, Lord God. For I know if I'm shallow, then Lord, I will not make it. But help me to put down deep roots. Help me to put down deep roots. <laughs> Lord, I say for my family's sake, for my children's sake, help me put down deep roots. Lord, I pray for a better understanding of your word. I pray that as we read your word, that Lord, it would come to life in us. That God, we'd be able to hide your word in our hearts, that we might not sin against thee. Lord, if there's any, Lord, struggling with understanding Scripture, I pray that You would enlighten them. Open their eyes. Reveal it to them, Lord God, that they may know. Fill them with Your Spirit. Let them walk in Your Spirit, Lord Jesus. And as they go through this life, let them invest in their walk with You. I pray that their prayer times, Lord God, would be fruitful. That when they go to that prayer spot or that prayer room, that, Lord, your spirit would be there instantly. That, Lord, your presence would fill that room, Lord God. And that every day we'd be able to commune with you. Lord, I pray that you would bless our relationships with each other. Lord, build us up together, Lord God. Help us to be stronger together. Help us to invest in each other. Help us, Lord God, to take each other out to lunch. Help us, Lord, to let our children play together. Lord, help us, God, to invest in our relationship and friendship with each other. Lord, I pray that you would improve their relationship with their pastor and their pastor's wife. That, Lord, we would grow stronger together. That we'd be accountable to one another. And, Lord, let us bear fruit, Lord God. Let us bear fruit, Lord. We want to see our neighbors saved. We want to see our children saved. We want to see our aunts and uncles saved. Lord God, we want to see our coworkers saved. I pray, Lord God, that we would bear fruit, Lord, that they would be the result of our walk with you, that ministry would flourish, Lord God, that the kingdom of God would grow. And it's because, Lord, we decided to bear fruit and to put down roots, that, Lord God, as we put down roots, you'd help us to grow in our ministry. Make us leaders, Lord, with influence. Lord, let us not just be on the pew, but Lord God, let us influence others in their walk with you. Let us show others how to do it, how to make it. That doesn't mean we have everything together, but that Lord, we have put down roots and have settled in our hearts that we're going to make it. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, we believe in you, Lord God. We trust in you, Lord. We put our hope in you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank Alleluia Alla che ho sottorrozzata da posto Lei è Jesus Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. 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 I'm so thankful for the presence of God here today thankful for what the Lord has done thank you so much for joining with us to being with us I know it's late we don't usually go this late on Wednesday nights but I felt that this was important to go through I do want to say and be clear about this Hallelujah! I absolutely love having children in the church Hallelujah. So I absolutely love when they, they don't bother me one bit. I say bring them. I'd rather they be here in the presence of God. Even if they may not be paying attention or they may be distracted doing other things, that's all right. I'd rather they be here. Hallelujah. So I say bring them. And thank you so much for bringing your to church tonight. Hallelujah, we love it, and uh, I would encourage you to continue to do that. One more time, can we lift up our hands as we leave and just say, Jesus, we thank you for what you've done. We thank you for what you're doing. Bless us, Lord God, as we go home. Fill our hearts, fill our minds, fill our souls. Let us overflow, Lord God. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for your love. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done. We praise you, Lord God. Bless us as we go home. Send your angels charge over us, Lord, that we may, Lord, go in the confidence of the Lord and bring us back again this Sunday for Mother's Day that, Lord, we'd be able to rejoice in your presence. Hallelujah, Lord. I thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. The Lord. Again, I say thank you for being here. God bless you. you we are dismissed in Jesus' name.